All right, we're going to throw a little wrench into the Bible studies this week. Finished up all the letters. We did. Reading them backwards. And you would think that we would go to Acts after we were done with Romans, but what? we didn't. We <laughs> we put a book in between Acts because we ended up going back, right? We do this. Ecclesiastes yeah. is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So we went to the old, we're going to the Old Testament now. Yep. Because I was feeling really ecclesiastes ecclesiastical uh the week that we started this yep it was a real rough week for a lot of people and ecclesiastes is one of both of our favorite books well it really is and before we uh well before we get into explaining everything let's just go ahead and take a minute to say a prayer and then of course if there's anything at all that we can do for you anything we can lift up in prayer provisions you need anything we can help with counsel on whatever please reach out to us and let us know we love hearing from you guys you can go to aphomechurch.com and all of our info is on there so a lot of people don't know what to do with ecclesiastes it's not really read a whole lot in church it's not really taught it's it's just one of those books that people are kind of con- somewhat confused about some of the things that are in it one of the redheaded stepchildren of the bible <laughs> yeah because, but it is it's a beautiful book and basically the purpose of the book is to show that life is meaningless without god Mm -hmm. and we need god and we need a savior but that's all fine and dandy it also has got some really super awesome practical stuff Mm -hmm. especially for people that suffer with depression anxiety anything like that life (laughs) life in general if you suffer from life this is is you know when we always talk about being in the scriptures and reading your bible and you need the you need the word you need the you know you need food you always hear that like you're like well that's weird how can the bible feed you Mm -hmm. that's i i used to think that was weird that was like such an awkward term such a churchy term like i get i get it i just it's just really weird you know i mean i didn't get it at the time but anyway now i'm like well you take a book like ecclesiastes and that's it's totally food because Mm -hmm. you have a you have a bad day and guess what just go to ecclesiastes you will feel better because you'll be like you know what that's right everything does suck Mm -hmm. it like but it kind of changes your focus and what's really awesome about it is first of all it was written by king solomon who was the wisest man well in the history of ever because he personally asked god for wisdom Wisdom. out of anything that he could have asked for he asked for wisdom and God granted him wisdom. So sure. that proves that you're the most wisest man ever. Yeah. If God gives you direct wisdom yeah. after he requested to it, that's impressive. But obviously this kind of points towards something because there's a there's a bit of hopelessness in it. Skipping forward to chapter 12, which is the end of the book. And I'm going to throw a little bit of a wrench in here, too, and say that I'm going to go ahead and read. Um, I guess we can do this study in the whole study in NLT. But I'm going to read this verse out of the ESV because 
there's a change that the NLT makes it, and it doesn't give you the if you don't you can read past the the point here. So this is going to be an ESV. All right, twelve eleven. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. Hmm. Okay. Well, we can can go to that that saying one shepherd and we obviously know who that is from John 10:11, John 10:16. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I have the other sheep that are not in this fold, I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So they will be one flock, one shepherd. Mm-hmm. So these were so people always go, "How do you find Jesus in the Old Testament like oh, that?" He he it. he just said, Solomon just wrote, which Solomon had no clue what who was Christ saying, yeah. was. He knew who the Messiah was, and he knew who they were looking for and who was coming, but they didn't. He had no idea what he was saying here. God did. Yeah. And now that's why we always talk about how there's that that key in the New Testament to understanding the Old Testament because then you could put everything together just like this in verse 12:11 one shepherd these sayings these things were given to Solomon by Christ. I mean that's that's mind-blowing to think about. So you want to know Jesus? You want to know the thought process, what he's trying to get you to? That's a that's a great way to open up uh, the book with that understanding. All right, so with that, we'll start chapter one. Now we're back in NLT. Sorry for the confusion. It's not my fault that they did it. All right, verse one. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. You know you're off to a good start, Wynn. I love this book. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new, but it is actually old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. This goes against every, literally everything that the world will teach you. Yeah. Literally everything. Yeah. It honestly goes against our everyday lives that we're taught as just in school in, in school and, and just in this country your average american citizen we have to be careful obviously you're not this is not ultimately all of this is true you know is there is work all work meaningless absolutely not 
that's not that's not the point here. But ultimately, it is mm-hmm. because he's pointing out that you're just a little blip of time. Okay, cool. You may have done really awesome stuff in your 80, 90, 100 years that you were here on Earth. Guess what? In a couple hundred years, nobody will have a clue who you are. No. It doesn't matter what you did. Mm-mm. Somebody bigger and better is going to come along and you're going to be forgotten. Yeah. Doesn't, I mean, take, you know, sports stars, music, musician. It doesn't matter. You can see that. We trash musicians and actors and, you know, all these things within like 20 years. Oh yeah! Look how quickly we forget people. Yeah, so and, quick and it goes. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and those are famous people. Yeah. And you know, we get so wrapped up in thinking that we get on these like self righteous missions that we think we are just saving the world and that it is just our duty to just you know blaze a trail through this life. That's what these these books are all about now. That's mm-hmm. what all the, the mega church teachings are all about now, right? Like. Yep. And they all read this book, but they all don't use it literally, like in the way of understanding it literally. He's not, he is talking about this life right here. Yeah. This is a king at the end of his life. He most likely wrote this book, well, it would clearly have to be at the end of his life after he had fallen, probably. It's amazing. Solomon, though, is an amazing character study to do, to see someone that when he was asked by God, what do you want? What can I do for you? You know, and he doesn't ask for riches. He doesn't ask for power. He doesn't ask for these things. He asks for wisdom. So God gives him the wisdom, but then he gives him Mm. riches and power and all this other stuff because, wow, what an amazing thing to ask Mm. for. I mean, God knew he was going to do that, obviously. But still, you look at that, but then you follow him and you see what he does with that in his life. You know what I mean? Like to follow him as a character study. Well, yeah, and that's what that's what this incredibly fascinating. That's what this whole book really actually does is it 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 details that yeah everything that he have he has realized and everything that he has seen in his life and one thing that that everybody needs to know about Solomon obviously is king of Israel great wise king if you haven't read the story of Solomon it's awesome but you know he had everything that you could possibly want yeah everything all the riches all, all the, power. the riches all the women mm-hmm. but he was a he wasn't supposed to but he did, and he was a really smart, good-looking dude. But even though the king isn't supposed to take that many wives, he did. But it's interesting to see someone who went through his life. He had all the wisdom. He had. He had all. He went in which he's going to explain here in Ecclesiastes, which is important right. to note. And then we know that but he I'm ended saying up that, like, he straying was, off the path. Right, and yeah, he completely fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much to so that he worshipped other gods. Which is a crazy, crazy, crazy debate amongst because of the women. Yeah, because of yeah, because of one specific woman. Mm-hmm. Which that's a whole rabbit hole that you could go into. That's really interesting. Because then you get to the Book of Solomon uh, and all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, we won't get just, into all of that today. There's not enough time. There's not enough tinfoil hats. <sighs> I had Seriously. to throw it out there. You know what? I like my tinfoil no, hat. No, dude. It's, no, I'm, I'm with. No, come on. I'm the one that actually. That's one conspiracy theory that I'm like. I'm cool with. But, and that's not even a conspiracy theory. What I'm talking about is. Um, t- 
test. Uh, no, I don't. Is it? Yeah, it's the Testament of Solomon. Yeah. Which it's a complete non-canonical. Like, it's a non-canonical crazy. Don't get your your brain going on that one. But I've read it before, and it's really super interesting. Mm-hmm. And this isn't for this study, but I would. I don't know. I, I guess people could read it and just know that it's like a... Just read it as like science fiction almost. Or but, is it? I don't know. There's some sketchy stuff. In there it. is some sketchy stuff. The, especially at the end of it with all the, mm-hmm. the stuff. So but I don't, I don't still though, it. I think that the point still holds but that anyway, Solomon it in was, and of himself is an amazing The reason why I mentioned it is because it almost... It, it It's somebody had written from his point of view... In, during this period in his life mm-hmm. of a king that had risen, fallen, and worshipped other gods and was kind of in a uh, a point whether, you know, how they leave it in the Bible where you're like, well, did Solomon repent and he's forgiven? Mm-hmm. Or did Solomon just, like, accept his lot? And that's why we have Ecclesiastes. And we think, you know, of yes, of course, he probably repented. And he, and you think all that wisdom would bring you to repentance. Yeah, and I'm sure it did. I mean, we just don't, we just don't know that for sure, 100. Yeah. percent But in any, anyway, the whole point of all that was to say that this is a guy that was on top of life mm-hmm. in and every so, way. And just because it isn't like it is today, it was still the same comparison, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he still had all the jewels and all the fancy and all that. So he was living his best life. He really was. I so. Yeah, me too. And so this is somebody that had, that had reached the top, and we're so quick to... Much of the philosophy that we have in this world, and this just goes completely against this type of attitude. It's just a non-productive you know, society attitude. And it, it just doesn't... Oh yeah, it, it would not be good a, for the business of the world society. for us to have this. It really doesn't. Attitude. I mean, like I said earlier, we don't want to take it too literally, where you just sit it's around in you like your eeyore here and like, do nothing. yeah, and sit and cry and sniffle and whatever. But uh, it also just puts life into perspective for you mm-hmm. completely. And how you turn that is just by saying, you know, like I said, you, when you're at your lowest, when you're at your worst, you know, depression. You know what? I'm going to read Ecclesiastes. You know what? The world does that. Everything is meaningless. Everything mm-hmm. is, you know, so don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're here now, so just do what you can now. Yeah, deal with whatever God puts in front of you. But we do get this. You it know, works for me. Hopefully it, hopefully it work, It can work for somebody else. It, it, it tremendously helped me. Because I always talk about how all of this shaped my worldview. I mean, this is one of those things that completely... I read the book of Ecclesiastes, and it it was one of those changed my life books. Like, wow, this is the way that I have always felt about life. I have always been... I have always been that person that's just... My outlook is just very ecclesiastical. Mm-hmm. It's just... Well, that's why I shared with everybody that mug I found at the yeah, store. Yeah, that's no. That, if anybody knows me, that's totally me. Mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite thing is that stupid. If you know me, like personally, like I just why would you do that? That's stupid. But I think I've always said that since mm-hmm. 
you and I first got together, like since high school. Yeah, that's always been your why. Like, why, why would you that's do that? Stupid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I read Ecclesiastes, and I and I was like, exactly. Sweet. Trying to say somebody else feels this way, and this is the wisest man in the world. Oh. No, I'm not saying for <laughs> me, like my wisdom. I'm just saying that, like. For the wisest man. I just know yes. that nobody else is going to be able to tell me, no, no, that's that's ridiculous. And that's what I'm saying, though, is the world's wisdom tells you that this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it tells you, it, matter of fact, I've heard really super bad example, but at least it'll make everybody chuckle in the morning. I've heard Bill Nye and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of go back and forth with this particular subject about what the human's duty is on this mm-hmm. on this planet. Even though Bill Nye is not a scientist. They were, yeah. He is sometimes. When he, put, <laughs> when when he, puts, he puts on his on. tie and his yeah. jacket. Well, he always has his tie on. Isn't he an engineer? Right? Is that what it is? Yeah. He was like a mm-hmm. failure Anyways, of an not, engineer. Anyway. Um him and Neil deGrasse Tyson were debating the human's role, not debating, but they were talking about the human's role and what they would like to be known for. And uh, it was just some ridiculous thing. Like, you know, we blazed the way for understanding and space. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, what, what hope is there in that? Yeah. It was like, you live, you live, you die. And this one guy, this one time, might be remembered. Did something kind of neat. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Well, and again, that's what's so interesting. I mean, look at how quickly things um, have accelerated in life now today. I mean, you can look at human history throughout thousands and thousands of years. Things, I mean, horses in some form of carriage were the main mode of transportation, right? For thousands and thousands of years. And now you look at how quickly stuff progresses, you know, just stuff like that. And you look at it and it's like... You can look back and think of major discoveries and major things that were done to advance, you know, humankind. And maybe a few people might kind of remember their names, but really it doesn't matter. You, you know what I mean? And But then, even then, you look at how quickly things accelerate now, and it's like, good grief, we can't remember, you know, I mean, things just change so quickly mm-hmm. that, you know... I mean, how often do you sit around and go, I'm so thankful for the creator of the Internet? If it wasn't for the Internet being <laughs> know, right? created, we, have we wouldn't no have idea. anything we have today. And it's like, well, who created the Internet? I mean, some people might know. <laughs> we have no idea. Remember I was arguing with my brother the other day about who created the Internet? So I'll show him all that. Anyways. Yeah. But, but you look at all of that, but how much does that literally impact your life? Okay, nothing. So come on. If, if there's anything greater than the Internet today in the world, like I, I really don't think there is. But you ever so, realize how you ever – Maybe it's just me and my morbid look at or outlook on life, but I get like you know that super exciting thing that like you've always wanted to do or that place that you've yeah. always wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and you're just like, okay, oh, well, I did that's it, it now. You're like, that's what I want. Like it, it's it's meaningless. Everything. Is. I it think is. we have that inside of us that that we so when we all search for more. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, there's something, there's just something more. Mm-hmm. Because you have a Jesus sized hole in your heart. Right. So I know I went off on a long trail of saying how this goes against the world's wisdom, and it does, but it does. And anybody, you need to remind yourself of that sometimes, mm-hmm. I think. 
when you want to get caught up in these things and all of your worries and stresses on these things, just remember that they're meaningless and you're going to die. And and nobody cares. Because it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. No. Verse 12. I, the teacher, was king of Israel, and I lived in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore wisdom, everything being done under heaven. I soon discover that God has dealt a tragic existence to the human race. I observed everything going on under the sun, and really, it is all meaningless like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned that firsthand that pursuing all of this is like chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. Amen. That is true. And I bet anybody can attest for that. But I can more recently, and I was kind of sharing this with you, but just in getting studying more and dedicating my life to this Mm -hmm. gaining more biblical knowledge and just knowledge of this and then seeing everything from a different perspective you know is oh my gosh greater great yeah because your heart bleeds for people that don't understand this that my heart bleeds for the people that hate Christianity and want nothing to do with it because they don't understand a true Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you, you get to realize these things, you realize that, like, Christ is there. You know, the truth in Christ is so vastly different from the Christ that's preached everywhere else in the general view of Christianity, what people generally think of it. It's so, it's it's just rejected because it's not true and because nobody has the backbone to stand on truth and to say anything like that. And that it just increases all kinds of grief in it because mm-hmm. you just see the war. I mean, and this is where you realize that it's out of our control because it's, it's spiraling and you realize that it's just, it's not up to us. And you have to realize that in this, Ecclesiastes does a great job going in further here of letting you know that it's totally cool because God's got it and it's all part of his sovereign will but just like Solomon said he realized that God has dealt like a really really depressing existence to the human race and he has because you realize these things and you see these things and you realize the hopelessness in it our Lord and Savior stood here and cried over death. Mm-hmm. Okay, that. So what if if the you know if God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Himself, can stand on our earth and and cry and feel that emotion because of death? You realize that there's something serious. That this is this is heavy. This is exactly why we weren't supposed to touch and eat of the fruit. Is because of this. Because this is something that's just. It's more than we can bear. It's bigger than than we can do anything. And and we had, you know, 
we had no idea all the implications of what that is and still i mean what are still our daily sins and our daily falling still the implications of that but uh you know you have to understand that this is this is a very very tough existence in relationships and just in life and what we see what we do how we feel how we act and there is no hope in this world at all zero everything in this world is perishing Dying, wasting. We say perishing. I hate that word. People don't. That's like a. That's an old churchy word. Yeah, right? that like people don't. That truly shall not perish. With. Yeah, you don't know what perish means. Die. It's die. Yeah. <laughs> Decompose. Get rid. You know, like mm-hmm. cease to exist. Yeah. So we'll go into chapter two now. Verse one. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. Forgive me for chuckling during reading that. I do that a lot because I but can't help it. That just doesn't get you some days, that's you know? That's just funny. Verse like, 4. <laughs> and let's remember, this is the same. Proverbs is written by the same person. Yeah. Okay, so in that one, he's telling you that, hey, lazy, get up off your butt because you're worthless if you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So this is the same person here. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying is, yes, everything is true. Everything is literal. But that doesn't mean you don't do nothing. That doesn't mean you walk around hanging your head and crying all day. No, not at all. Absolutely not. This is supposed to lift you up. And that's what I realized. I was like, man, Ecclesiastes is uplifting. Because you're like, you know what? Yes. Mm -hmm. It does suck. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 4. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. <laughs> does that? I mean, does this not just scream it, our modern day yeah. life and goals and, and what we're doing? Like, I just don't see how we don't completely connect with this, you know? Like our local megachurch pastor that built a 16,000 oh square foot house or something like crazy like that mansion mm-hmm. okay first five and it and he's not like george muller over there taking care of little orphan kids yeah in no, every single one all. of those mm-hmm. nope square foot square foot yeah you're silly i know first five i made gardens and parks filling them with all kinds of fruit trees i built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves i bought slaves both men and women and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. Let's remember, slaves were more like bond servants, though. Mm-hmm. So let, don't think like that, like, yeah, I don't think he was like a 
A lot of staff. Slave drivers. Yeah, I feel like whenever we hear that, we think of like the you know white yeah, cotton we think of the plantation white, yeah. owner of the yeah, South. It was and, not you know, that. It was a much different time back then. In, in that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we used, but like you said, this would be like an employee. He mm-hmm. was like a. Yeah, it was part yeah. of his household staff. Right. He just did all of the sucky stuff, you know, like he probably planted the trees in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Verse eight. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure, and my phone's ringing. That's not in there, but... Honey, is your phone's Do you need to get it? Verse 10. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was also meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Hmm. So he even had reward in his labors. He found great pleasure in hard work. He was a hardworking guy. He was like, you know, I enjoy this. But guess what? One day he was sitting back and he was like, for what mm-hmm. why <laughs> why did i do all of, all of that too. it means nothing mm-hmm. so take that through your life mm-hmm. Re- like you know you know like when you get that's why i always when you get super sad and you're super depressed that's the best time to self-analyze your life because you're like yeah you're right why do i do these things why do i have these things in my life or why do I talk to these you know or whatever it may be because it's when you finally reach your lowest point that's that's right at the point where you can be raised back up and realize that there's so much more hope just not here It's coming, though, and he does give you a lot of hope for here. So even though the future hope that this looks forward to and like, no, none of this will mean anything ever. But at the same time, he gives you all kinds of hope and comfort Mm -hmm. in knowing that he's got you. Verse 12. So I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness. For who can do this better than I, the king? (laughs) I thought wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but the fools walk in the dark. Yet I saw the wise and the foolish same share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up same as the fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all so meaningless. Everybody dies. Mm-hmm. No one escapes it. It doesn't matter. 16. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. 
Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. I came to hate. I was just going to say, so I came to hate life, but remember, let's keep reading the book. He's not telling you that you should hate life because it's all meaningless. Right. See where this goes and where it comes from. But I think we've all had that point in life where we're like, oh my gosh, why? Why do I have to do this? Why is this life? Why does everything have to be so horrible and stink so bad and be so difficult and so frustrating, right? We've all had moments of despair or maybe are currently finding ourselves in these moments of despair where you're like, why? Are you serious with this? Can't this just ever get better? So that's where he goes into here. Well, everybody should just post Ecclesiastes 2.17 on their pages, but just the number for... <laughs> see how many people like it? Yeah. And I want it on a t-shirt, Karen. Yeah. So I came to hate life we because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. But let's keep going. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I've gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. He saw how his tax dollars were being spent. <laughs> Verse 20. And said, I give up. I give up. Word. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This, too, is meaningless. A great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all so meaningless. Come on now, everybody. We've all Come had on this now. time. I know people like this right now. Mm -hmm. This might sum up the majority of your yeah. days if you're anything like us. Verse 24. So I decided that there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God, for who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. All right, we're going to do two chapters of Ecclesiastes 2 so it doesn't go super long. Uh, let me, because the next chapter, chapter 3, is the injustices of life. And the seasons. And the seas So there's no way that we can go through that. And not take up the rest and of And not take up the rest of your morning. Or afternoon or whenever. So I hope everybody enjoyed this super happy, positive, upbeat study. <laughs> but, but I think it, it is. It is because it's... Oh man, and I, I, I'm sorry that I have not done the Kingdom episodes yet. But at least now I know the first one that we're going to put out is mm -hmm. just what is the Kingdom all about? The end times and the, the end times. What is this Kingdom? What are we looking forward to? Right? Because I know some people have no idea. Yeah. Most people have no idea. Yeah. Most people. I I found out in in speaking to some very well-educated people about these things that most people don't know anything about the kingdom. Like, they just don't think about it. Yeah. And it's like, we have so much information in, in the Bible. everywhere. And if we take 
you know, the interpretation of it is all very literal. What is the kingdom? Well, for a thousand years, and we'll explain that in these episodes, but for a thousand years, Jesus Christ himself will be king of the world mm -hmm. and will Here be on earth. ruling from Jerusalem. We say Literally. ruling and reigning. What does that mean? It's a literal political kingdom, economic kingdom. It's a literal, like, it's like a person and like it... There's going to be like, you know, like like a house and like a Senate, and but it's all, however, yeah, like I don't know. It, we don't have the details of how the, the, you know, the structure of it is, but we can take it as a literal kingdom because mm -hmm. that's what the Jews were expecting. Mm -hmm. That's why they thought, that's why they didn't recognize the Messiah. Why they were mad. <laughs> is they, because be they thought that he was going to come wrong. in take over rome mm -hmm. and everything was going to be super awesome right everybody you know and it's going to go back to this time that the prophets in the old testament I talked about prophesied over over. that the lord himself will walk amongst his people mm -hmm. and he will be their king mm -hmm. and we don't know these days just like modest what a to what a what a king is but yeah. back in these days this king this was king. yeah this thing was this to israel it was everything yeah because it was their priest it David was their leader he was right he did that i mean modest does a modest yahoo does a great job in that whole album of explaining is it warrior on the beginning of warrior i think so we listen to him all so much i honestly get him on even up. though he doesn't believe in christ he does he just doesn't know it because mm -hmm. unfortunately he's blinded and we need to pray for him that the veil is lifted and he understands but he does a great job of explaining this king mm -hmm. and in so just i don't know like a super awesome president that everybody loves and can get everybody to stop fighting mm -hmm. and you know can do things like behind satan and stuff like that so pretty impressive stuff. i would no I, just you know like the bigger fish out of everything that you see now everything that you see now in, in this present life and everything that you can see is just a shell of what's to come mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's just going to be some like really weird like existence where we don't mm -hmm. know what we're doing we're just worshiping god and song and clapping and everything's cool like no you know we we breathe we walk we you know yeah we we have the breath of air we i mean do you understand that? Like, it's not, we don't turn to some like weird alien creatures. Like God designed us the way that we are. He designed us initially perfectly. It wasn't until the, it wasn't until the fall. Or I don't want to say the fall. I'm sorry. It wasn't until sin entered that all of this became tainted. None of this that we see now necessarily is bad or is something that God never intended. He always intended for us to have communication with each other, to to run, to play, to have fun, to have these things. Well, and I think it's important that not only do we need to understand this ourselves, but it's important, I think, for our children to understand sure. and learn, you know, these sure. things, they are meaningless. And, and, right. And you, and I know a lot of you guys do these family studies with your kids, which is super awesome. I'm glad that you do. And this is a book that, how do you tackle a book like this with your kids? Be honest with them. Yeah. But show them that there's much more to look forward to, but you have a you have a uniformity that you have to keep in order to be able to 
to go into this and it's not and it's a self uniformity it's mm -hmm. like you have to understand how meaningful and how this is how meaningful this really is because in this life in this world everything's meaningless mm -hmm. but Christ and everything that he offers is everything so we act in this That's world. That's where the meaning comes right. from. Right. We act in this world, the world as is going we're to from give you that one. Meaning. Right. It's what will come. It's in Jesus that the meaning is right. found. The meaning is not found in this world. It so isn't. we say, hey, we got to do the best that we can here. It's going to stink. You're not always going to like it. Sure. But God did create everything, mm -hmm. all things. There's some great joys in this life, in this. There's some peace. There's some happiness. We have all these are just a, a, a taste. So we don't say that everything sucks and everything's horrible. No, we learn how to love. We learn how to laugh. We learn all of the things that are from God that will end up lasting forever. And in this period of time, we have, and this is right before we go into the eternal state. This is a literal thing that happens on this planet while it's still earth mm -hmm. so um, get them excited about like crazy stuff like that i mean it's like avengers stuff it seriously is but kids can understand that it's that, real <laughs> hey this is real and there's this whole other like universe out here that you can't see that's like way more off awesome than this one mm -hmm. and there's not as much pain and death and well, there's not as much. There's none. There's yeah. no pain and death. And and that's what we have coming. And that's the eternal promise. So with that, now I that made Brandon this another like 15 minutes after things at you. I just said that they were going to be shorter. But there you go. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And we will see you all back here tomorrow.